Welcome to Epiphany Fellowships Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. Y'all excited to sing about his love? Y'all don't sound too excited, but it's all right. It's all right. It is a privilege and an honor to stand before you and bring the word this morning. Uh, Go ahead and stand. Meet me in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. We're going to read from verses 5 to 22. So it's a bit much, but it's a lot in here. Amen. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verses 5 to 22. On three. One, two, three, go. If I could tag this text uh, for us this morning, I like to say 
from this topic, tell the truth with boldness. Tell the truth with boldness. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, tell the truth. That neighbor ain't get it. Turn to your other neighbor. Say, neighbor, say it with your chest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity to dig into your word. Lord, I am just a man who is in need of a savior on a daily basis. And so use me for your glory, honor, and praise. Give me clarity of mind. Give me clarity of speech. That I may tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. For the truth indeed sets us free. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And every glad heart said, amen. amen. You may be seated. I don't know if uh, this still happens um, in our society today, it might not, but I remember growing up and watching shows and movies, and even in real life, there would be people who um, suffered from stage fright. I know, we're in a different world today, everybody just gonna say what they want and do what they want, ain't nobody afraid. But, but I remember this, and um, what, what, I, what I seen was they, were, they would come up to the stage, the spotlight would be on them, um, and they would freeze. Everything that they prepared for, everything that they wanted to say, everything they practiced went out the window, and they couldn't keep going. Well, I believe that many of us are this way in the Christian faith. We've been equipped with spiritual armor, and We've heard good sermons and teachings and left inspired, and when it comes time to speak up, we fold. Sometimes because we're, we, we function in our own strength, we don't take advantage of the armor that we've been given. But my prayer today is, is that we would look and learn from those who have come before us to see what it looks like to tell the truth with boldness. Quick background of uh, Acts, Acts chapter 1, we see Jesus preparing his disciples. Before he ascends into heaven, he tells them to stay in Jerusalem, I'm, uh, and, and don't worry about this, I'm, I'm not going to leave y'all high and dry, I'm, I'm going to send y'all the Holy Spirit, but you just got to wait a few days. He was testing them. So they asked him, are you going to restore the kingdom? He says, don't, don't worry about that. Just be ready. That when the Holy Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses. That you will be used. And so right after he says that, or as he's saying that, he's taking his cloud up to heaven. Then we see them amazed by what happened. They go to the upper room and they join together and they begin to pray. Peter stands up and he was like, hey, y'all know the, the scripture got to be fulfilled. And uh, your, boy, your boy Judas um, then cursed God and tra- betrayed him. So we, we need to figure out somebody to take his place. So they meet and they pray. And next thing you know, they have added one to the 11 and now 12 again. This is just backstory. It's just trying to help you get to where we need to go. Chapter 2, uh, the, the time comes for them uh, to be baptized with the Spirit. Uh, it's 120 that meet in the upper room, and man, it's revival fire up in that thing. 
They start speaking in tongues. A crowd comes around. And, and here's the, the crazy part. The Holy Spirit was working because the people who were outside came in and they could understand what was happening. Remember, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were both confused and amazed at what was happening. And now, again, Peter is left to make sense of all of this. Peter stands up and he says, you know what? This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't think that this is any of our doing. I'm going to set the record straight that this is about God working in us. He says that and he calls people to repentance and it says in the passage that 3,000 were added to the number. Wouldn't it be great if we seen Philadelphia? Y'all don't really want to. We keep going. Chapter 3, Peter and John go to the temple and they come across a lame man uh, who is placed at the gate every day. He, I'm sure he probably got his money and probably paid the person to bring him back and forth, but he would beg. And one day, Peter and John get there and they, they ask, and the, man, the lame man asks Peter and John, hey, do you have anything to give me? Any money that you have? Peter and John look at him and say, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. They grab his hand and lift him up. And the Bible says his feet and ankles became strong. Watch this. And he jumped and walked into the temple. Oh, man, that's good preaching right there. I'm, I, I feel it, but I'm, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. He, he leaped, praising and thanking God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized that he was the man who was begging at the gate of beautiful. And you know your boy Peter had to point the people to Jesus Christ one more time. So he says, this, this, is, not, this is not me. We've been filled with the Spirit of God. And because we've been filled, we can do these things because someone is doing it through us. As he's teaching... People from Jerusalem, the, 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 the temple police, they come in and they say, hey, run on stage. And they said, Peter, you got you to gotta stop this. They take him, him and John, and they, they put him in a cell. They would have went on trial, but it was too late in the day. So they said, I'll make them wait. And here we are in chapter four. They are called to come before the people, the high priests in Jerusalem. And this is what it says. The next day, their rulers and elders and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas and the, Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all the members of the high priest family. And they had Peter and John stand before them. Peter and John are now standing in front of 71 members, according to Numbers chapter 11, verse 16. Annas uh, begins uh, to finagle things because he, he, he hadn't been the high priest in, in, in a few years. But he, says, he tells his son-in-law, who's the high priest, he says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take this one. You, you sit back, youngin, and, and watch, watch how 
how I do this. It's a setup already. But, but look what happens next. It says, they began to question them, by what power, in what name do you do this? Watch this. Verse 8, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. This leads me to my first point. In this idea of telling the truth with boldness, you must one operate in truth. Peter is left to make a choice whether to let these people of power know the truth or totally ignore the truth. He can be like King Neb who failed to acknowledge the one who was always in control. Or he can echo the words of John 15, 5, apart from Christ, I can do nothing. Peter is left to make a choice to submit to the Holy Spirit or quench the Holy Spirit. I believe Peter remembered the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 21, verse 14. Therefore, make up in your mind not to prepare for a defense. For I will give you such a word and a wisdom that none of your adversaries could resist or contradict. Peter realizes that it, it, it is not in his own strength or power that these miracles are happening. But it, it, he understands that, that he tapped into a power that was much higher and holier than the people he stood in front of. Here's my question to all of us today. How many times have we in our lives been helped by the Lord and then ignored him when we got our reward? Or we can think in the beginning before he even gets involved that we can do it without him. For the few mm's I got, I'm, I'm going to keep going with that. Because I, I, I fall into the category. As I was reading this, I, I, I seen it in myself that there are times where I am dependent on myself to get me through. And knowing that the breath I breathe is given to me. Yet I ignore it. Let me see if I can uh, bring it to myself. I, I, yesterday, I was having a hard time. I was questioning all the things in my life. God, did you call me? Did you? I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I'm not equipped. I, I just, I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't know what this is. And I was reminded of a conversation I had with a brother earlier this week. He said, you know, man, you... You don't have to be like anybody else. But you also don't have to try to do it in your own strength. He says, you know, let the Lord use you. Sometimes that can be very cliche, but this is what this text is saying. Let the Lord use you. I, I, I you know, remind, I, I thought about it and then. I said, I had to share this with my wife, and I, we're sitting there. I said, babe, I'm, I'm having a hard time. I, I just don't understand it. And, and thank God for a godly woman because she, pro, she pointed me to Acts chapter th uh, Exodus chapter uh, 3, verse 10. It says, uh, uh, this is where God is uh, telling Moses, and he's calling Moses. He says, hey, Moses, do this. Go, go and take care of my people. And, and here's, here's Moses' response. He says, uh, Lord, please, 
I, I have no eloquence and, and either I, I don't have the withal to, to help these people. I'm unable to speak because my mouth and my tongue, they, they, they just, they can't get twisted and tied and all types of things. And, and here's what the Lord says, who place a mouth on a human? Who makes a person mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not the Lord? said, now go, and I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. All the Lord is asking of you and I today is to just be his witnesses. Be available to be used by God. Now, some, some of us are, like Pastor Niren said, a little immature on, on some Scale, And so we might take this and say, well, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> and that will help me introduce my next point. <laughs> One, you got to know that you need to operate in truth. But two, you need to sit with truth. Yeah. Look at how smooth Peter is. He's still operating in the spirit. Peter is bold enough to stand in front of these men and look beyond his own personal circumstance and give the men what they stand in need of. Watch it. He says, the rulers and the peoples and the elders, if we are being examined today about the good deed done to this disabled man by, uh, by what means he, has, he, he is healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, here we go preaching again, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him in this man is standing here before you healthy. Don't let us get past you. If Peter doesn't have these words tattooed on his heart, or if he had not soaked into the word of God, the Holy Spirit cannot bring back things to help him declare that this is what he needs to tell them. Why? Because if there's nothing inside of you, you can't allow the Holy Spirit to bring it out. It's like air. It's a balloon. There's nothing but air in a balloon. Just let it out. But if you have a picture of, of, of that Kool-Aid, there is a substance inside of it. I remember taking tests in middle school and high school. Hated them with a passion. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> but but I, I got the, the great idea to write some of the answers on my hand. Now, you know, everybody, listen, now some of us got massive hands. I don't have that ministry, okay? But I decided to, to abbreviate a lot of stuff and give myself hints. So that when I seen it, you know, it's like 30 answers on here. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I get there, it comes time to take the test, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm confused, lost because none of the hints are helping me answer the questions. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, 
Man, I, that says two, but this, this answer over here don't have nothing to do with two. So I'm, I'm a little lost. It didn't make sense because I didn't have the book in front of me to help me explain the hints that I used. I didn't have the book that I took my hints from in front of me. I had hints, but I never studied the book to understand the hints. Some of us are trying to survive off of hints rather than taking the book. Start filling your life with the truth of the gospel. Stop waiting for the pastor to come with a good word so you can say, oh my God, that was, um, pastor, that blessed me today. You should have been blessed when you came in. Don't wait for salt and humanity to start a Bible study. Get in your word. Gear up, soldier. There's a war. You got to be ready. After Peter declares... The salvation is found in no one else but Jesus Christ. It says the rulers in verse 13 observe the boldness of Peter and John and realize that they are uneducated, untrained men. They were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Remember this. You must operate in the truth. You must sit with the truth. You operate in by understanding that you are not powerful in your own self, and so you need the Holy Spirit's help to empower you. Two, you sit with the truth because in that you are just saturated in in understanding that God will use these things when hard times come, and he can bring to your remembrance All the things that you have embedded into yourself, have tattooed on your heart. But lastly, know that the truth sets free. Verse 14, and since they saw the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in opposition. After they ordered them to leave the Sanhedrin, they conferred among themselves, saying, what should we do with these men? For an obvious sign has been done through them, clear to everyone living in Jerusalem. I love this part, and we cannot deny it. But so that this does not spread any further, they got to come up with a plan. Among the people, Let, let's threaten them. Against speaking to anyone in this name again. So they called for them and ordered them to not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Love how one commentary explains it. it. Says this about the leaders. Sadly, the leaders were motivated by fear of losing power and influence rather than by a desire to glorify God. To be faithful to his word or to spread the true knowledge of salvation. 
In other words, some people won't always be able to believe even when the sign is in front of them. But here it is. Our job as Christians is to plant water and pray for the increase. That was the freebie for today. Verse 19, Peter and John asked, or Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than God, you decide. For we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Mm, we are unable to stop talking about what we have seen and heard. After threatening them further, they got to keep going because the first threat didn't work. They released them. There's your freedom. They found no way to punish them because the people were all giving glory to God. For this sign of healing had been performed on a man over 40. Here Peter and John are left to make another decision. He stands boldly once again and says, hey, what I've seen and what I've heard, I can't hold it in. What I've witnessed and how I've been cleaned up, I can't hold it in. He said, I, I, I can't keep quiet. The apostles understand that they were called to make folks, not called to make folks feel good. They're not called for people to like them. They're not called for them to share, to get a bunch of shares on Facebook posts. They had Facebook back then. But they knew that they were to obey God rather than man. Because they stood by the truth of the gospel, they have been set free. Being set free is not just shown in this one way with Peter and John. It's also seen with that lame man. That lame man in more areas than one has been set free. In the both spiritual sense and a physical sense. You might ask, why even bring that up? Because you and I are like that lame man who was standing by the gate. Some of us waving by the gate. Some of us turned our backs to God. And yet, it says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you are healed. You are set free. Closing with this, there was an older gentleman who was having some health problems and went to the doctors and to visit. And doctor said, hey, you know, sir, you got to change your diet, doc. He said, doc, even though he wasn't a doctor, it doesn't matter. The physician lectured the man about the importance of how uh, he needed to eat, what to eat, what not to eat. So the father goes home and says, let me tell my son because I'm almost sure they'll be concerned about what's happening. So he goes home and he calls his son. He said, hey, son, this is what the doctor said. Um, you know, my, my health has declined, and I, 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 I got to do better. No, he didn't say I got to do better. He just said, my health has declined. I left it at that. So the son called back a few weeks later and said, hey, Dad, how's things going? And the man said, well, I switched doctors. This is how some of us treat 
the good news of the gospel. We hear the truth and then we ignore it. Here's my charge for you today. For you and I, the truth that we have gotten through the Holy Scriptures, that he indeed came, lived perfectly and saved and healed so many people, you included, is now the same good news that you can give to someone else. It's hard to express, to accept the truth, but once you embrace the truth, it's the best thing. It's the best thing you can ever do because the truth indeed frees you and restores you to walk in godliness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that is given on our behalf. Thank you for using such messed up people to share such a glorious message. Lord, I pray that we would indeed walk with boldness in this dying world. That we wouldn't go around saying this is my truth and this is what I think, but that we would be grounded in the word of God. In a truth that is unshakable. That in a truth that does not fail. In a truth that is indeed not a lie. Help us to share our faith with those around us so that we can see thousands and thousands and thousands of people turn and walk from death to life for your glory and for the good of your people. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' precious name and every glad heart said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.